You're listening to the Bass Lessons Melbourne podcast, episode 26, John Wilson. I'm John Wilson, a bass player from Adelaide, South Australia. How old were you when you first started playing bass and why? I would have been 13 years old, it was in year seven, and um, at my school there was a stream for people doing concert band and a stream for people who didn't want to do concert band, and you had to play recorder. Um, so I quite liked the teacher who was teaching recorder, um, and I wasn't very confident, I didn't really know, I was a guitar player originally, and. Um, yeah, I originally asked at the start of the year if I could join, play some chords, and she was like, no, you need to play bass guitar, we need a bass player. And I was like, okay, I'll do recorder. Um, so I, I did two terms on recorder. Um, I probably enjoyed it for the first two weeks, but after that, yeah, lost interest. And I came crawling back and asked if I could play guitar. The answer was no tried again, no, and then eventually I gave in and I started playing the bass. And three weeks later, typical bass story, I was playing a gig. But the thing was, it was at the local McDonald's, the whole concert band was there, it was for like a, a charity thing, and um, I knew one song and the rest was doubled by a keyboard player and they pretty much played and I mimed the rest of it. Just like the cover band gigs just now. Exactly. <laughs> um, was there, and was there a moment where you, you thought to yourself, I want to kind of be a bass player, I want to do this as a career? Yeah, I mean, I had music pretty much in my household my whole life. And um, I think at, at my school, it was a very healthy music program. It was quite a few people that went on to go to the Elder Conservatorium in Adelaide. And um, so going through school, you look up to, to those players and as you get go through and you try and be like them, play as good as them, you know, you start to improve and then you start to realise when you go out and play with other people that actually I'm, I'm okay at this. And um, yeah, it would have been a point where I was like 15 or 16 and I thought maybe being playing music as a career could could work for me. And if I'm going to do it, probably not guitar. Or recorder. Or recorder. <laughs> but but bass guitar, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then what was your first bass and amp? Yeah, the, my first amp was definitely a no-name. Yeah, it was just a black box. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Yamaha bass that I had. It was a red, red bass, big fat neck. But when you never played the instrument before in your life, you know no better. It would be, it was a Yamaha P bass type copy, yeah, okay. very cheap. Yeah. But it sounded wicked for slap. Okay. Um, is there anyone you would say was, your, was really influential in your development as a bass player or, or a musician? Yeah. Uh, all, all my teachers, guitar teachers, uni lecturers, bass teachers at TAFE and at school have all had 
something to do with where I'm at now. Um, I would say my guitar teacher at, at high school, when I said to him I was interested in jazz, the first thing he gave me was a Joe Pass album and a Niels Henning with Niels Henning Orsted Pedersen playing it, playing on it. And I, when I heard that first track, I pretty much had that album on repeat a fair chunk of my day. Right. Yeah. So um, that got me the bug in getting into jazz and starting to work on that side of my playing. Before that, it was very concert band, whatever the teacher gave me, I read and played. Um, but from there, you know, that started getting me interested into the whole jazz thing. Now I don't play jazz, but, you know, it got me through through high school and into university and pretty much connected me with all the, the local musicians in the scene. Okay, so that teacher and then maybe that album, I guess? Yeah, yeah that, that got things really starting yeah. to fire and then from there it was Primus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then I, I did a TAFE course for a year when I was in high school and um, my bass teacher, Jenny, she was a musician on the scene. She did cruise ships and that and she was very... She made sure that I'd listen to a variety of things. She got me into Jaco, um, got me into Latin music, um, put my name forward for gigs, yeah. you know, to jam with people and just sort of got me going, just made me realise that uh, even if you're not fully confident in what you're doing, just get out there and do it because you learn quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, so along with the Joe Pass album, is there any other songs or albums that, or bands that you were thinking of made you go wow in terms of bass playing? Oh, yeah. I mean, Primus, like I said before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to just listen to that stuff all the time, just on repeat. And when I was 16, they were touring Australia, got to go see them live, blown away even more. And when I thought that that's the best bass player you could be, went home that night, someone brought over a Victor Wooten video on VHS, showed me that and yeah, I mean, that just, <laughs> that that's next level stuff. And from there, I just realized that, you know, there is just so much that you can do and it's, you're not setting, you can't be setting your ways because there are always different ways that you can play it. And there's, no real wrong way, only creative ways. Yeah. Cool. Um, and do you have any warm ups or exercises that you like to do on the bass, like when you sit down to practice or for a gig? Yeah, I'm not really much of a warm up person. Um, I really don't play fast enough. <laughs> but if I do have a focus warm up to get things in tune, if I may not have had the bass in my hand for a little while because now I'm a primary school music teacher it's not necessarily my profession to play all the time but if I really need to get back in touch with with the bass I really like um, syncing the right hand with the left hand one of the first my very first jazz lesson at university was for my bass teacher John away and he said just play me a walking bass line laddie so I did and pretty much after a chorus he stopped me and said can you hear that? And I said, uh, what? He said, 
your timing, like your, your plucking and your pressing down on the string, it's not in sync and you, it's, it's, it's a clicking sound. It's an amazing thing for somebody to pick up on. Yeah, I mean, he has super ears. Yeah. Rid ridiculous. He was on electric? I was on electric, yeah. But yeah, he's, yeah, very super sensitive hearing. Um, Anyway, so once I didn't hear it, I'll be honest, I didn't hear it straight away. It took me a little while and I just had to listen to what he was saying and, you know, I'd get into the practice room and then after a while I actually really could hear what he was saying. And um, so from there I would just do, that's how I'd practice, like getting warmed up, just really locking in when I press, I pluck. And, yeah, it's a, a thing that, I started hearing in other students when I was doing bass teaching straight away and it was like, wow, you know, it makes a big difference when everything's coordinated. And then I would uh, lock that in with metronome practice. So kind of like a double whammy, like yeah. focus on technique but also get that inner metronome, inner subdivision well, going on. A lot of the time, if I'm having timing issues with something, nine times out of ten it's a technique issue. Yeah. A fingering issue or I'm not being efficient enough or there's a discrepancy between the left and right hand. That's right, yeah. So a lot of time the timing thing isn't, it's not necessarily that I've got bad time, it's just that my technique isn't up to you know, fluid. And sometimes that's just uh, out of familiarity with the song. Like if you've just learnt the song, even though you've probably played those notes a thousand times, you're yeah. still playing a new song. And when you're not, you're waiting for when the next section's coming, see if you tested your memory. You know, you, you lose touch with some of the subtle things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Um, and kind of joining on from that, what would you say are some of the most important qualities for being a heavy bass player? I would say having fantastic time, um, good ears, it's a no-brainer, um, note length, um, and just when you're asked to play a certain style of music, try and understand what the bass player's job is in that style of music. So, like, stylistically sensitive for Absolutely. Playing, playing yeah. song, essentially. Exactly, yeah. Possible. Yeah, just make sure that... Um, because if, if you're playing that song and the rest of the band knows it but you don't know it and you just go and play what you think is right, you're 99%, oh, that's probably a bit harsh. You're probably 50% to 60% wrong and not quite get the point of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But if you're aware of what the style is, mm. you're gonna have a 95% chance of getting it yeah. pretty much what it needs to be. So do your homework. Do your homework, yeah. yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your current gear. Yep. Uh, in my hand at the moment, it's just a, uh, a Squire classic vibe P bass. Um, Is that pink? Fiesta red. <laughs> yeah, um, when I was living over in uh, London, I, uh, I had a mate who was actually from here, but living over in London, and he showed me a, a John Mayer live album with Pino on it, and it was just redonkulous. <laughs> The sound was wicked, and yeah, from there I, I used to listen to that that live album all the time. Just loved the sound, and you know, loved the sound. Actually, liked the look of the bass. So when I was to get my own one, I wasn't going to pay the four thousand for the real thing. No, no. But you know, 
Looks good. Yeah. yeah. And I've got TI flats on it, which sound really good. Almost worth more than the bass. <laughs> um, but I, I, I gig with my original band on this, and sometimes if I'm filling in for a band, I might use this instead of my normal bass. Just to keep it simple? To keep it simple, but also so that the bands that I play in, you know, that's that sound for that band. And if I'm cheating on that band, they get in a different vibe. Yeah. But yeah, the main bass I use is a, a Lachlan Dale Jones yeah, jazz bass. Yeah, I got it from a Scottish guy. <laughs> He, he was living in Canada, yeah, at the time, and shipped it off to me in pieces. Um, used the, th the funds that I had to get a fucking awesome F base. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, uh, when I went and visited, it, I met Craig, who's interviewing me right now, <laughs> through a mutual friend um, in Scotland. And when I first picked up his base, um, I was like, oh, it feels so good. Um, and then saw him again in Canada, played his bass on a jam, and it felt awesome. Didn't have to do it. It was just a natural feeling bass for me. Um, and then when, when he offered it to me, I had to say yes. Um, and I've been using it ever since and gets wonderful compliments. Yeah, yeah. It's a good sounding bass. It's a great sounding bass. Yeah. And your rig? Uh, the rig that I'm using at the moment is a GK... Uh, a Galleon Kruger MB Fusion 500 mm -hmm. um, and the cab that I've got for it is a CN212 Bergantino. So you've gone lightweight? Gone lightweight, have yeah. You been, have you been heavyweight? Oh, I've absolutely been heavyweight for that. Um, yeah, I had the full Agula DB750 with the GS410 cab, um, well over 70, 80 kilos, I mean, co combined weight. But, you know, the things you do when, you know, you first get that gear, lightweight gear really wasn't that available or it was just really, really, really expensive. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I used to... Because the Aguilar stuff's cheap. That's well, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> um, but in Australia, you know, it was hard to get certain things. Um, but, yeah, you'd pick up that cab and take it upstairs and, yeah, but it just got to the point where, you know, the lighter gear started coming out and sounding pretty good, and it was just an efficiency thing, really. Yeah. yeah. And you got some pedals, or? Yeah, uh, I've got a variety of pedals. Don't use all of them um, at the moment. My pedal board's fairly simple. Just a tuner, Korg tuner, um, EBS octave pedal. I've got a Looper pedal uh, and a Tone Hammer, Agula Tone Hammer uh, pedal. Yeah. Cool. And, and you use in-ears as well? I do use in-ears and I've got a, a little, uh, it's, it's called a Pose audio system um, and it connects everything up just nicely. Um, it's very in-depth, it could be a whole video on itself, but yeah. Interesting, then you're cool. Um, is there anything you wish you were better at doing as a bass player? Um, I wish I had better ears. Um, it's something that I feel that I came a little bit late into the game, coming from doing concert bands where the teacher would give you the music to read and play. You know, I never really thought too much about having to work out songs on my own, and um, the guitar teacher, you know, suggested you know I, I would do it and I would try it, and I was horrible at it, and um, you know, give me the music and I could play it pretty well. Um, 
And then, you know, as I got into uni, it quickly came apparent that that was, that was a bit of a weakness. And I'm, I've come heaps far now. I don't read music at all these days. And everything I learn is by ear. But, yeah, I just wish at a younger age I had, had okay. done that a bit, bit more. Um, and I think really it came down to confidence, yeah, yeah. Um, and also just being able to play any style like someone calls a style and just be able to recognise it and play it appropriately without offending anyone in the audience okay. or the band most importantly, yeah. 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 Um, what do you like about the Adelaide scene? Um, it's, it's a small scene but it's, um, it's definitely a scene where people are very connected. Um, being a small scene, you get to play with everyone, you know what everyone's about. Um, and, you know, it still happens today, but, um, you know, Adelaide's had heaps of musicians that have moved on to better things, whether it just be moving to Melbourne or Sydney or going over to America and have successful careers. So, you know, when they have spent their time in Adelaide, it's been very inspiring to go check out their gigs and, you know, try and get as good so that you can gig with them yeah. um, and yes they move on but then it's the next wave that inspires and yeah so it's definitely a healthy music scene mm. um, lots of great players yeah. probably gig wise not so healthy okay. but there's definitely people that push the envelope and there's, there's amazing musicians yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. is there any advice you would give to players wanting to break into a scene Yep, I'd say, um, you know, practice, come prepared, do all that kind of thing. But networking is really important. Be ve be a friendly guy, you know, or girl. Um, it's so much easier to do nowadays with the internet and Facebook and stuff. Absolutely. Like, but, you know, a lot of people do use that as a way of networking. But when you speak to them, actually, yeah. at a venue, you don't get much You'll out. So they're very good yeah. on social media. But mm -hmm. try having a conversation in real life, you know, it, mm -hmm. It, it leaves a little bit to be desired when that happens. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would definitely say when you get a chance to play with people, put your best foot forward. Um, I would say if you do get given a gig, learn your stuff, be very prepared, be on time. You know, all those simple things, it just makes a huge difference. And people want to work with people that are easy to get along with, know their stuff, but know that they're going to be reliable.